I V M. Welcome to episode five of Edges and Sledges. It's the second of April, twenty eighteen. A date some of us remember quite clearly as um, seven years ago. India won the World Cup um, in Mumbai in the Wankhede Stadium. So. I just wanted to mention that before we kicked off. My name is DJ. I'm a blogger at One Tip One Hand. I'm based in London. My co-bloggers, um, Varun Garg, is based in Singapore. Hey, guys. And Ashwin's based in Toronto. It's quite early for Ashwin, and I think it's quite late for Varun. So without wasting any more time, we're going to get stuck into it. We're going to basically talk about two main topics. We're going to kind of wrap up on the whole ball tampering scandal, sandpaper gate that's been uh, dominating the cricket news in the last week. And um, we will also be talking a little bit about, uh, I don't know, a mix of Bollywood and cricket, which somewhere, I don't know, it's, it's called IP, I, I, see, IPL, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I mean, it's part of the cricketing calendar. I don't know how it got in there, but uh, we'll we'll just cover that for, for a little while. So just to update you guys on the ball tampering stuff without wasting too much time on it, the Ball tampering scandal has now resulted in uh, Smith, Warner and Bancroft being handed out punishments by Cricket Australia. Smith and Warner have been banned for a, uh, for a, for a year and Bancroft has got a nine-month ban. Now, we ran a Twitter poll and a Facebook poll. The Facebook poll gave us some interesting results. 31% of you thought that the punishment was too lenient and should be more. And 69% of you thought that it was a little bit too harsh. So, Varun, what, what are your uh, views on this? I mean, with the with the whole situation that's unfolded, Smith's gone back to Australia. W- what do you think? Is, it, is the punishment too harsh? Is it too lenient? Is it, is it right? So, um, I think, very honestly, my opinion is that it is a bit too harsh. I think a punishment was deserved. I also do want to state my point of view is, let's ignore the crying, okay? It... it I think both Warner and Smith went out there. They were teary-eyed. They cried. I, I get it. I think that was... It, it, it's. It, I don't believe it was set up. I think it was the emotion because both of them kind of teared up a lot when they spoke about family and the impact on family. But let's ignore that. The point is there was cheating. The precedence for the cheating has never been set before. I do think people have got carried away with the public outcry and what this means for Australia as a nation. And a lot of people are now cashing in. But at the end of the day, I think the penalty is harsh. Ashwin? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would agree with that in principle. I think the penalty was a little bit harsh. I think we talked a lot about the importance of a good PR team and a good crisis management team. And Australia, Cricket Australia, Steve Smith Warner did not have that on day one when they came out and did their confession, or Smith and Bancroft, rather, when they came out and did their confession press conference at the end of the day. But they have since acquired one because I thought they did a great job managing the media, both with the the press conference that happened in South Africa and then as soon as they landed. I, you know, to net to answer your question, I think it was a bit harsh. But, you know, as we've talked offline and a little bit on Twitter here and there, I don't think it's really going to be a 12-month ban. I think it's also a ban of convenience, which, you know, to just to get really into there's no test cricket again for australia till november so that's what are we april so seven months of no test cricket they're playing two series one is against zimbabwe one's against bangladesh so no real limited overs cricket of significance either nothing that australia really cares about and then it remains to be seen i think if the ban lasts past that point because we know they're playing india in december uh, over the australian summer and then the world cup comes up uh, shortly after that so ashwin is it your view then that 
there will be an appeal process because obviously they have the right to appeal against this punishment. And will it somehow, will public outcry have died, died down? And then before the India series, the marquee series, the big series, everybody is watching it. It's Kohli versus Smith or should be really. Will the ban suddenly be cut short to a, for example, a seven month ban? Yeah, um, 100%. It is 100% my opinion that the ban will be cut short before the India series for two reasons. One, you mentioned it's the marquee series. Cricket Australia will want their best foot forward. Two, mm. like you mentioned, again, the media hype will have died down. We were, I mean, new, the news cycle now today moves at the speed of light. There's no way we're still going to be outraged about this in seven months' time. And then the third that we have briefly chatted offline as well, the BCCI will not allow it. There is no way the BCCI wants Kohli and our best 11 players to travel to Australia with a reasonable mm. shot of putting on a good show and mm. risk a potential series draw or win that actually has a little bit of an asterisk that says, oh, but there was no Steve Smith, so it doesn't really count. Mm. I think the BCCI will be pushing aggressively to make sure Smith is back. But on a, a quick one from you. Um, yeah. Do you think that Smith I... will be captain? At when he comes no, back. I I think uh, I I think Smith won't be captain. I think Smith will definitely make his make his way back in. I don't think as captain. Um, I think just a, a couple of other points I want to mention. One is it's been unbelievable for me how many people have come out and uh, shown their displeasure or dislike for David Warner. Uh, no tweets, no articles are talking about him coming back. Everyone's talking about Smith and Bancroft. So I guess. Yeah, when you really get up into somebody's uh, the face so often and controversy again and again, I think uh, it is going to come back and bite you. So that's been amazing. I think one thing we also didn't mention is Darren Lehman. Darren Lehman actually came out, said he wants to continue uh, coaching, saw Steve Smith's interview where Steve Smith cried and then kind of came out the next day in tears himself saying that uh, I- I'm resigning. So, so, so that was interesting because he got away kind of scot-free. Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, I think it was a smart thing to do to resign once your name has been cleared. So mm-hmm. to me, um, so that, that's the second part. And my last point is, I, I think just before the podcast, I was going through a couple of articles. And I think Smith and Warner are already considering an appeal on the ban to play domestic cricket, both in Australia and outside Australia. So you see, it's been 10 days. They're already considering the domestic appeal. Uh, I have no doubt that they'll be back before end November for the series against India. Right. And Ashwin, uh, a quick question for you on this. Who is going to be Darren Lehman's replacement? Is it going to be uh, Justin Langer, who doesn't have a great history, to uh, tell you the truth? I mean, we talked briefly about him not walking at Hobart in uh, the 99 series uh, a couple of uh, episodes ago. And we also, somebody brought to light the um, flicking of the bail incident. And uh, there was an appeal by Justin Lang uh, on, on Justin Langer, so um, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting on that yeah. front. So who do you think he is going to replace him? Yeah, I think it's going to be Langer. There's been no secret about it. They've made pretty clear that he's the future. He would have been after 2019 if Lehman ran through the rest of his contract. I think they're just going to start that one a little bit sooner. So I don't think there's any doubt about that. I want to just, if we can, quickly address a couple of questions that are coming in through Facebook Live, if that's okay with you guys. The first is. 
you know, Avik Bhattacharya says Smith and Smith Smith and Warner are all the momentum Australia have practically at this point. And I saw a great statistic online. I want to give a quick shout out to this account I follow on Twitter. It's at CrickProf C R I C P R O F. Uh, does some great statistics for a stats nerd like myself. But since the start of 2014, they looked at the highest percentage of test runs scored by two batsmen in in the entire team. Okay, so Smith and Warner combined have scored 37% of all of Australia's runs since the 1st of Jan. That is the highest by any two batsmen in their side. Second to that is Cook and Root with 32%. Further down the line, Kohli and Pujara have scored 29% of the runs. But again, Smith and Warner have scored 37% of the runs since the 1st of January 2014. So great statistic by at Crick Prof, I think, but very telling about the momentum. The second question, which I'll ask one of you guys to tackle, came from Rohan Narula. Is the CA ban against ball tampering or collusion? So maybe we can wrap up with that one. Yeah, I, I can take that one, I think. I think the CA ban is a, it's a PR effort to kind of win Australian fans back. Australian fans place their baggy greens on a pedestal. They cannot be seen to be cheating. Caesar's wife cannot be seen to be cheating, basically. And uh, so their prime minister said that the, uh, I mean, even they placed above politicians, they're, they're basically gods in Australia. And so CA has come out with this ban. I mean, it's not for ball tampering. Ball tampering has its own rules. It's for breaching their code of conduct which is kind of acting against the interests of the game. And uh, so it, it is a PR stunt. Uh, it is it is a, a punishment for, for what went on, but um, it isn't for either ball tampering or collusion. It's to placate the fans, uh, is my personal view. And uh, just on that point, I think my, my view on um, the punishment and the length of the punishment, I actually think it's probably right for it to be a one-year ban because it's the same ban that Andrew uh, Russell got for missing his doping tests, right? And Vaughan got the same ban for taking a banned diuretic during the 2003 World Cup. And it's doping is cheating to win. And so is ball tampering. It's not match-fixing, which people have been drawing the analogy to, Match fixing is cheating to to lose or to fix the result of a match. It's not performing at your best. Whereas this is trying to improve your performance, it's performance enhancing, right? So for me, this is a scandal which is closer to the kind of Lance Armstrong mold of things. So for me, one year one year is absolutely fine. They should stay out. They should save the van. And maybe any uh, bowler or fielder who wants to do this in the future will think twice about it. So uh, that's just my view, guys. Anything else on this before we move on to the IPL? Well, I think it's interesting that both Smith and Warner are not going to be pilling the IPL, so maybe we can mm. talk about that as we transition. Yeah, so both Smith and Warner, obviously, as you guys know, have lost their uh, their IPL contracts for this year, as I understand it. Neither of them will be captaining their respective teams. Uh, in Smith's case, it was the Rajasthan Royals, who are themselves coming back from a two-year ban, which is quite interesting. And in Warner's case, it was the Hyderabad Sunrisers, Sunrisers Hyderabad. Uh, so let's move on to the IPL, guys. So... What we're planning to do here is just go through the teams. And for all you fantasy nerds like us out there, we'll just kind of give you some players you need to look out for. We've done the work for you. So just see whether these players fit into your team. We will also give you some wild cards we think might be players to watch out for, players you might be able to pick up on the cheap and easily. So with that, I'm just going to hand over to Ashwin and Varun. So uh, go for it, guys. Okay, so very, very excited as we record this five days away from uh, 
IPL 2018. The first match kicks off on April 7th is CSK versus Mumbai. So we're going to just go through the eight teams in alphabetical order. So I will start with Delhi Daredevils. I've said before on this show, I'm a fan of the team. I'm very, I, I probably said this every year and we haven't won a title as yet, but this has to be the year, right? Three players I'm really excited about, which we've talked about. The first is Gotham Gambhir. Captain, reliable, may not come out and bat at a strike rate of 200, but can pretty consistently give you 30, 40 runs at the top of the order, which I think Delhi needs. So really excited about Gambhir. Second is Rishabh Pant. We've talked about him on the podcast as well before. Go check out some of our earlier episodes. You know, explosive batsman. So potentially a great offsetting force to Gotham Gambhir and can keep the keep the scoreboard moving. They've also batted together a lot for Delhi at the domestic level. So really excited about that. The third, who has been a really hot bowler in the last uh, three months or so in test cricket, is Kagiso Rabada. You know, lightning quick. He has played for Delhi before. He was retained as through one of the three uh, player retentions they were allowed. And I think, you know, in addition to bringing a lot of pace, he's a wicket-taking bowler, and he, you know, can chip in handily with the bat. In the one Delhi match where they sunk to six or seven quick wickets, he chipped in and got the the match to a respectable total last year. For Delhi, just to wrap this up, our wild card pick of this uh, for this IPL is is Sandeep Lamichane. He's the 17-year-old leggy from Nepal. Don't know too much about him. He might honestly struggle to make the four overseas slots because he's competing against Maxwell Munro. Rabada, Jason Roy. So there's a lot of good good picks Delhi has, but I think if he gets a chance, he's really going to shine. Picked up a great 5-4 against Kenya in the World Cup qualifiers. He picked up a 4-wicket haul. He was he was a bright spot for Nepal. So that's Delhi's wrap-up. Do you want to go to Chennai, Varun? Yeah, I'm a little disappointed with you guys. Um, so, so for all our viewers and listeners, you'll know who's the real IPL fan because the way we should have introduced this section is it's coming up to toss time. And, and so, yeah, so Ashwin has covered... The double D's, as Danny Morrison calls it. Hopefully, I get a chance to cover the to cover the double R's uh, later. But um, yeah, so let's let's move into Whistlepodu Chennai. So they're also back after two years. In our list, I've got in big caps locks the player to watch out for Suresh Raina. No surprises there. Looking for his comeback. Looking to cement his place. Clearly, going to be batting at number three. So I do want to say I have picked him as Trump. I think for. 10 years straight in every game that he has played. And I have always been in the top three. So, for the fantasy listeners out there, please pick him. I think uh, second guy actually now in in Chennai, who I've continued to pick also very regularly, is Shane Watson. Uh, He's not playing any other form of cricket. I think uh, he should be a little more relaxed. And I think CSK will be a place where where he'll kind of uh, get a good shot. Mark Wood is our third pick. The English bowler, I think he's quite handy in this format of the game. He's proved to do um, really well. So, Mark would be would be another good pick. And our wild card for CSK is Lungi Ngidi. He has, in the test matches, really shown that he's done well. I think he was picked up right after his first test performance. That's when the auction was. And, um, yeah, I think Dhoni's going to give him a go. So, and Lungi Ngidi in Tamil apparently means bring my Lungi. Just for yeah. your CSK fans out there. That's what I've been told by some of my friends. I'm not sure. I don't speak Tamil myself. But Lungi Ngidi means uh, bring my Lungi. So maybe good Lungi... Good good by the CSK guys. Yeah. So yeah. let's hope he's not the man Because otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, okay. we should also hope the 12th man is not bringing the Lungi onto the field. But that's a different discussion for a later <laughs> Okay, let's move to Punjab. New skipper this time. So, you know, our first player we're excited about, Ravi Ashwin. Great IPL record, good record for India as well, obviously. We've talked about how he hasn't justified a place in the limited oversight for India, but I think he's going to be a smart, 
a strategic skipper for Punjab, which is what they need. The second player we highlighted, which I should caveat that I didn't highlight, but Varun did, is Yuvraj Singh. I'm not as big a fan as he is. I want to just put that out there. But he's chosen to highlight him for as one of the, the three picks for Punjab this year. Maybe, you know, maybe he finally can come good and uh, hit some big sixes. And Has he done more. anything in the IPL ever? Seven years ago, my friend, man of the series, in a yeah, World Cup, that, where that, India won. I rest my case. Let's but move it on. was seven years ago. That's what I'm saying. You've run saying... Yeah, yes, also ODI. Even the present, Varun. He hasn't done anything. IPL... I'm following him on Instagram. He's been working out, my friend. Let's Dude, see how it goes. more time on Instagram than actually like batting. <laughs> yeah. On that happy note, I'll keep going. The third pick for Punjab we've highlighted is Andrew Tai, AJ Tai. I remember picking him when I had, last year. I don't know if you guys will remember this. When I had not heard of who he was, but I was so far down in our fantasy league that I had nothing to lose. I saw a new guy last time. It's Tai. I'm going to pick him. I'm going to trump him. And then he picked up a 5-4 in his first match, and I shot yeah. back up into the standings. Of course, yeah. after that, I fell again, but it was good while it lasted. Um, <laughs> so good quick bowler, Punjab will be relying on him for some wicket-taking. And then our wild card for Punjab is somebody I picked as my is Mayank Agarwal. He's played for Delhi before, had a horrendous IPL run, has not really proven himself at the T20 level or international level, but he had an unbelievable domestic season for Karnataka, including getting them to the final of the Vijay Hazare Trophy. In the final, he made 90. That took them to victory. So he's had he's just coming off such a hot streak that I think they will be relying on him this year. Can I just ask you, why have none of you mentioned the universe, boss? He's playing for Punjab. Did you see his Twitter uh, update or his Instagram update? He's literally dancing to Mundia to Bajke Rai right now. Chris Gale. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gale for Punjab, Punjab under Sehwag's uh, management feels like the natural fit. It feels like it'll work. So I think it's good. I've been burned far too many times by uh, relying yeah. on Gale. So I don't know if I will. Oh, but it's him. worse being burnt when you don't trump Gale. And I remember that because he scored 175 when I didn't do it. This is true. So, um, yeah, guys, careful, careful. Chris Gale, he's the boss. You've got to be, uh, you've got to be on it. Okay, let me take the next one. Korbo, Lorbo, Jeet Bore, KKR, next team. So here are our three picks. Dinesh Karthik, the captain, the man in form, the man who hits a six over cover drive, over, over cover on a last ball when five is needed. Nothing further needs to be said about him. Yeah. I think Chris Lynn, I think we got confirmation literally this morning on Cricket Info. I read that Chris Lynn will be starting. So that'll be a huge, huge benefit for KKR, especially since Stark is not playing. So from a team perspective, I think the good thing is Lynn, Narayan and Russell, all three will be starting. That's what they've come out and said. I think from a local Indian perspective, there was one guy I was really impressed with last year. And his name is Nitesh Rana. He was playing for Bombay, arguably in a team full of superstars where he actually did shine and was batting at number three a lot of the games. So Nitesh Rana is, is kind of our pick to be a more of the slightly more stable kind of guy in the middle order for KKR, especially when you've got big hitters all around. And our wild card is actually um, Tom Curran. And I think it was just today that it was announced, either today or yesterday, that he's flown in to replace uh, Stark, who's got an injury and won't play the entire IPL, I think for the second IPL in a row. It's a bit of a wild card because, as Ashwin pointed out in, in, uh, in the stats, uh, he's got only 53 wickets and 51 domestic T20s. His economy rate is 8.25. And in the last six ODIs, his economy rate is 9 plus, over 9. So I think it'll be interesting to see whether there's a slot for him. Um, but he's been picked and you never know, right? IPL uh, and T20 is that sort of a format. 
Yeah. Guys, we've got a couple of questions from Avik, who's from Kal Kolkata. Uh, and he says, I'm from Kolkata and I'm concerned that KKR will keep Nagarkoti and not Mavi in the first 11. So should he be concerned, firstly? And secondly, he saw some under-19 games and saw Mavi bowl with great control over the white ball. And all that he thinks that Nagarkoti has is space. So obviously, these are two young Indian fast bowlers who've come through the ranks, who've made a big splash on the under-19 scene. And Avix just also pointed out it's the third IPL that Stark misses out consecutively. Maybe he doesn't like oh. hanging out with Kieran Pollard. So, um, <laughs> so guys, any thoughts on uh, Mavi versus Nagarkoti? Is it a debate as yet? Will either of them or will both of them make the 11? Or which one do you think should make the 11? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the rest of their squad, I think with Stark, uh, uh, sorry, with Mitchell Johnson, wrong Mitchell, with Mitchell Johnson um, potentially getting a spot uh, with the new ball, and then they have Narayan who opened with ball and bat, and then if you look at the other options, they really they're really light. Russell will probably bowl a couple of overs. They may play Vinay Kumar, who's been erratic in the IPL before. So I think definitely one of Mavi or Nagarkoti will get it pick you know i think the concern is valid if i really think about it early on they'll probably pick nagarkoti early on because of his sheer pace because they have mitchell johnson who can swing the ball they have russell who can bowl that more friendly medium so nagarkoti for me will get the starting bid but it'll be a couple of games and if he's not delivering then um, he will get his shot and, and nagarkoti is uh he's a decent batsman as well so maybe that 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 will factor into the selection so avik i think our answer to your question is that nagarkoti will start but basically, watch that space. Yes, Mavi may have more control, but they, they may have those bases already covered. I think moving on to the next team, yeah, guys. Yeah, so I keep going. Uh, next team is Mumbai Indians. Now I'm pressured to say the slogan. I think Mumbai is Dunya Hila Denge. So let's go with that one. <laughs> they, Mumbai stayed the most consistent. So for Mumbai fans, they'll be excited to know but a lot of their team has returned. So Bumrah, I mean, enough said. He's had a phenomenal T20 and ODI career despite being so young. Also, you know, showing up as a great test bowler. So expect him to be bowling those toe-crushing Yorkers in the death. Rohit Sharma at the top, top of the order. Captain just, you know, has been a phenomenal figure for Mumbai. You know, the new fast bowler for them is Mustafizur Rahman. So he did not have a great IPL last year. Didn't even make the, the side for most of uh, Hyderabad's games after an amazing entrance two years ago. But he's been brought in by Mumbai. He had a pretty good tri-series in the Nidahas Trophy, which we talked about. So I think he'll be looking to redeem himself. And then the wild card we picked for this side is Evan Lewis. So the, maybe the reason we didn't talk about the universe boss is because there's a new guy vying for that title. Uh, is that Evan Lewis. 26-year-old from Trinidad. Uh, I mean, just worth noting, his international T20 strike rate is 155. His domestic T20 strike rate after 80 games is 146. So this guy can really belt the ball out of the park. He's played some huge knocks. I think Mumbai will rely on him to just go and hit really, really big. And has he scored 200s against India as well? He has not scored 200s. <laughs> Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the double R's. The double R's, as Danny Morrison says. Rahane, I think the first pick for us. I think uh, in, a, in a regular season, you may not pick him as one of your top three from Rajasthan Royals. But I think Rahane has two things to prove. One is his leadership because Smith has stepped out. And second is, again, he's also vying for a spot. So for those two reasons, I think Rahane will make an impact. I think the second player is undoubtedly Ben Stokes. He hit a century last year. I think he's been in all sorts of the news for all sorts of wrong reasons. But IPL, he will want to make a comeback and, and kind of leave a strong mark. So Ben Stokes. I, I see that Ashwin has striked out Rahul Tripathi. 
on the list. Personally, I think he should be there only because I love Danny Morrison saying Tripadi has come to the party, right? <laughs> but apart from that, I think uh, I think he's a decent bat who, who who gets runs pretty quickly at the top of the order. And the wild card for Rajasthan is actually from our side is Jeffrey Archer, or no, wait a minute, it's Jofra Archer. So he's new to the IPL. Apparently, he had an unbelievable BBL season. He's not playing an international as he's waiting, I think, for his eligibility to play for England. Ashwin, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, anything else uh, about him? I think you've done a little bit of research. Yeah, I mean, I remember we were watching some BBL games together uh, over the holidays because that's basically what we do in December when there's no other cricket. We watched BBL, the Big Bash. But he had he's just, again, lightning quick bowler, has this uncanny ability to both bowl the great Yorker and a great bouncer. So I think he's he's an exciting talent. Okay. And so last one, sorry, I have to mention one more player because Klassen has been replaced, uh, has been mentioned as a replacement for Smith. I think the reality is DJ and I saw him live about a month and a half ago. He was just spectacular when we saw him live. He had the ability to come in and change the innings. I think the sole reason they've picked him is because uh, we believe he's a match winner. So I would play him and I would pick him in the fantasy. Down to our last two teams, I'll take the second last, the Royal Challengers Bangalore. You can't start without picking Virat Kohli. I've made the mistake in our fantasy league three years ago of saying, ah, after five half centuries in a row, now he's going to fail. So I didn't pick him, and then he made the century. I remember he had the season where he made 900-plus runs. Just an unbelievable character, and he doesn't seem to be slowing down. So Virat Kohli is our first pick. The second one was is Sarfaraz Khan. So strangely, one of the retentions from uh, Bangalore didn't have a huge, huge impact, but they obviously wanted to support some young talent and keep continuity with their youth base. So Sarfaraz Khan is the second. The third one, who's interesting, sort of like Shane Watson for Chennai, but it's Brendan McCullum for Bangalore. So he McCullum has played for a variety of different franchises. He scored a century on day one of the first ever IPL, which was 11 years ago now. I don't know if you tend to remember that. Um, 158, right? Only, yeah. only topped by Chris Gale. Correct. So, yeah, so a huge, huge knock. I mean, McCullum, even though he's not playing internationally anymore, is a force to be reckoned with. He is still playing the PSL, the BBL, so he's got T20 under his belt. The wild card, which is sort of a random one that I picked that I thought was just a great story for Bangalore, is a, a bowler from Delhi named Kulwant Khejrolia. He helped get Delhi to the Ranji Trophy finals this year. Uh, you know, he's 26, so he's not young, but he used to be, a, 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 you know, not long ago, I think a year ago, he was a waiter. He used to wait tables and he made his way into the Delhi Ranji Trophy side. Now he's got a contract with uh, with Bangalore to play and learn from Kohli. So I think an exciting story to watch out for. Not sure if I would recommend picking him in your fantasy team till he's played a couple, but just a great story. Yeah, and uh, Avik just said, remove AB and have the choker effect lift. So, uh, is that why you struck out AB from that list as well? I, I struck out, made, I made, struck out made, AB from the list. list to start with. I think we just have to assume AB is uh, just the talent he is, right? So, I, I struck him out because I don't think he needs to be mentioned. I think he's just a phenomenal talent. Maybe maybe the choker tag will have something to do with it, but I think RCB is due a final, if not due um, a, a trophy. So, mm-hmm. let's see how that goes for them this year. Yeah, and what about uh, their bowling? I think their bowling's always been their uh, weaker suit. Uh, with Chahel and uh, who are their main bowlers? I mean, I know they have Chahel. That's a great question. Warren, do you know who RCB's bowling lineup comprises? Nobody knows who who bowls for RCB. Pretty, I can't remember offhand, but I remember when I looked through it, there was not a single name that I would have kind of picked. So, yeah, quite sad if you ask me. 
Yeah, and the, the, the reality is, it kind of shows, like, I, I wish they had kind of learned from the past because they've got enough batting power. So I wish they had kind of learned. I think for RCB, one interesting thing is they have got Moeen Ali, but I don't know where he's going to play. But a, And they've got Tim Saudi, Chris Walk, so there are, and Nathan Coulter-Nile. So there are a couple of bowlers. I think they will probably have to pick AB as their main uh, overseas. And, and and I think they have to go heavy on the bowling because that's what's left let them down every year. Just to really quick up, the one bowler we didn't mention that I forgot is in the team is Washington Sundar. And he's the 18-year-old who had a fantastic tri-series for India. We were excited about him as a talent. So him playing under Kohli's leadership at RCB could be a really exciting talent. Okay. So coming to the last team, right? Hyderabad, Sunrisers Hyderabad. I think... Um, very honestly, when I was looking through their squad and I was trying to pick players, it was it, it kind of hit me really hard. And I'm probably willing to take a bet on this, that David Warner probably scores single-handedly 30% of the runs for that team. And I don't know the stats offhand, but that's what it feels like. So I think they are going to be in a bit of a, a spot of bother. I think the players to call out are Dhawan, Bhuvi, uh, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar and Manish Pandey. Um I think all three great players, but I don't know if they have that match-winning ability. The wild card from our side is Alex Hales. Okay, He's new to the IPL. Personally, I've always liked him. I think he has the right T20 kind of cricket mentality. But even in, in, a, in a situation where he's like a T20 specialist, he has been overshadowed by Jason Roy. So I think Alex Hales is a, is a decent pick. But if you ask me my honest opinion, I think Hyderabad actually looks the weakest team today. My two closing thoughts on Hyderabad. The first is I echo that, but I, I definitely don't miss from a fantasy league, purely from a fantasy league standpoint, everybody picks picks Warner every time Hyderabad plays and everybody gets points. So it's going to it's gonna shake things up a little. Dhawan's going to have to pull his weight a little bit more. Hales might be interesting. So I think that's going to be interesting. And the second, a shout out for our friend Yogi, who has been awfully quiet since Warner you know, Warner's st- was stepped down as captain. So it'd be interesting to see what he thinks and if he's really as excited about Hyderabad's potential this year. Yogi, send us a, a tweet or a message if you're listening to this. So guys, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. Who's going to win this year's IPL? IPL 2018 champions, make your call now and live by it. Varun, go first. Uh, I'm going to say Mumbai Indians. Oh, that's a boring choice. Ashwin? Yeah. I'm going to say Delhi Daredevils. This is our first, oh, yes. our first real shot. I'm going, to, I'm going to back it. And I'm going to make you regret saying Mumbai if Delhi actually wins. No, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to back uh, Chennai because, I mean, Dhoni, right? MS. Um, I mean, we'll be oh, back anyway. here in, what, eight weeks? And if, if we picked three out of eight, so if, if either we'll say one to one hand predicted the winner... Or we'll say we were so bad that neither none of us got it. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Abhik says Rajasthan, guys. So we've got four out of eight now. So that that's all good stuff. So um, just on that note, I, I think we're going to wrap up for this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining the live telecast. Thank you for sending in your questions, your tweets. Do let us know your feedback. Send us a comment. Send us a message, an email. Go and read uh, our blog where we'll be putting up the list of the players that we think are going to be the key players, as well as the wild cards for your fantasy teams, etc. It's onetiponehand.com. If you haven't watched this live, go and watch it on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, One Tip One Hand. Our po- it's, it's on a podcast. It's on Anchor as well as iTunes. So subscribe there leave us a rating uh, let us know what you think and yeah we'll uh, catch up with you guys next week thank you very much for joining us 
Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, senior ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcasts from.